Are either of you familiar with the story from The Guardian? Um, I think is this a today. story again? I like your stories. No, 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 no. Not, I'm not telling a story. Well, I might have to recap it if you're not familiar with it. But the story from The, the Guardian titled... no, I think. <laughs> What's the title? Okay. Apple contractors regularly hear confidential details on Siri recordings. Mm, no. Okay. I started flying by, yeah. but I do not know anything about okay. it. Okay. So, read this this morning. I think it only came out a few hours ago. I'm pretty, I'm pretty mad. So, we've spoken about this before with other companies and their voice assistants and them retaining conversations that people might have with these voice assistants and then allowing employees and not just machines to analyze the audio. And it came out that mm-hmm. Apple are doing the same thing. And of course, like as all of these stories go, you know, the employees or the, the whistleblowers who who informed the media that they have been tasked with this job uh, say that they heard private stuff and confidential stuff and important business deals and personal conversations and all, all the stuff that you really don't want other people to hear if you're talking about. Anyway, I think... Like, wait, wait. this is for Siri. Request, this is for Siri, right? So, if I'm saying, hey, dingus, um, I plan to acquire Intel, then <laughs> then someone might be able to hear that before I actually acquired right. Intel's modem division. Right. Is that right? And also... All right. so it's Why not, do people share... But, but no, wait, I mean, so, but this I, is I, the thing. This so, is that it? Or is it like I'm talking to someone in the room and it's just listening in? Because that's sort of what other assistants No, it do. seems... The, the report seems to imply that it's when... like. Once you've activated Siri, but this is this is where the well one of the problems arises, is that like these things often trigger accidentally, and yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah and, totally. and it's a huge problem. Yeah, so yeah. for me, this was more for clarifying. Yeah, I was yeah. wondering if this is like someone triggered it, said something they didn't want anyone to hear, or if it was uh, you know accidentally triggered. Well, I don't. Who knows? I, it what doesn't. You're it doesn't about. specifically say that we're listening into accidental conversations. It's just saying things anyway i don't know maybe people mm-hmm. talk to siri and fill him or her in on things <laughs> uh i don't know but anyway I, I would i am upset every time i read one of these i'm upset that say a company like google or, or amazon allows their employees to do do this and i didn't expect apple to do this too and, and i'm frustrated because i don't think it's right and it's it's just like could you recap the article yeah sure so um uh, apple contractors uh, regularly hear confidential medical information, drug deals, uh, yada yada, but as why? part of their jobs. Like, uh, so th- wh- wh- why is this part of their job? Is it part of their... Like, what do they do? According to the article, it's used to help Siri and dictation understand you better and recognize what you say. And okay. I think it's fairly standard practice for companies that run these speakers. But I don't know. I'm questioning why Apple even keep these recordings. Like, but also why they got contractors to do that. Also true. I think there are also multiple levels of, of scrutiny here. Because even uh, that, right? I'm pretty uh, indifferent. It's a human. I Sure, sure. But that just shows Apple's how much... App- I mean, this is my hot take here. But um, there is a certain attachment to if Apple would at least do that with employees uh, in-house, that probably means they... I mean, Apple wouldn't have a lot of contractors working on... on roadmap products that they are releasing because they don't want people to know about them beforehand but customer uh requests they are happy with the way that the article makes it sound like the way i heard from you now makes it sound almost like they're deliberately using contractors when doing those tasks i think the whistleblower was a contractor 
Okay. So I think that's where the the perspective is coming from. I don't know if they're exclusively using contractors. That's not really the uh, the like the purpose of the article. Um, it just is the person who who uh, I, I guess spoke to the Guardian about this was a contractor. Um, I mean, I'm probably less concerned about that than you are. I just think in general, humans listening to things. I don't know, and. Like last week, I'm not concerned about that specifically. It's just I'm curious about if Apple makes a deliberate decision on like who gets access to what information. Like I said, I feel like a lot of certain like certain intricate like company 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 secrets wouldn't be necessarily revealed to contractors. I wonder why these things specifically would allow contractors to look at it. Well, not Apple company secrets, but maybe other company secrets if these contractors are listening in. Yeah. Actually, I had this happen earlier this week where I was on a phone call for work and um, was using a, like a video conferencing software on my Mac and my phone was sitting on the table and I must have said something or somebody on the call said something, but I was talking that triggered uh, Siri and I had a full screen of text on my phone of like what I'd just been saying for the last 10 seconds. Again, yeah. not something I, mean, I would normally be of, concerned about. Half of about. our podcasts are hosted on Apple servers by now. That's how often we t- we accidentally trigger that sure. thing. Um, so, but like, it, not something that I would really think twice about, even if I'd said something in the meeting that I was, you know, that was private mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, I don't know, the fact that these recordings are going somewhere. I kind of, I, I know that Google record this stuff. And part of the reason I got rid of my Google Home was because I could go onto my Google profile and listen to every time the Google Home thought I'd spoken That's to it. It's a great voice memo. <sighs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but and I was like, this is creepy. And I didn't expect this from Apple. And I don't know, I don't... I, maybe I do hold Apple to a higher standard, but I hope not. Like, I just think companies shouldn't be doing this. And and it does surprise me that Apple is doing it. I mean, you've got to hold Apple to a higher standard because overall, that's that's what they're pushing for years now, that it's like, we're the privacy company. Um, but don't you think it's necessary to some extent to at least listen to parts of conversations in order to be able to improve Siri? Yeah, probably, probably. But I think there should be way more transparency around it because Apple say, okay, Apple put out, marketing campaigns that say what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. That is a blatant lie. Yeah. yeah. And we spoke about this earlier with, you know, things like analytics in apps. But it always... We, we know that so much is going on, but this is just another thing that contradicts that. It's just, it's not true. And look, if you want to do it, that's fine. It should be opt-in and Apple should mm-hmm. be really clear, really, really clear when you opt-in what's happening. Um, I really like for some of their beta analytics that they that are opt-in only, they're very clear about it. It's like, can we log all these things that you're doing? And this may include text messages. This may include details about phone calls and who you're calling. And I opted out of that. Well, I, actually, I didn't opt into that because I'm like, that's that's a step too far for me. Normally, I'm perfectly okay with opting into anonymized analytics for apps and things like that. Like, I'm happy to to mm-hmm. give that data. But this, this beta thing, which is opt-in, credit where it's due, um, was just a step too far for me. And I'm like, no, I, I'm not opting into potentially somebody reading my text messages and and things like that uh, for the sake of better beta software or better software once it ships. And I really respect that approach of, well, if you want to make this software better, you know what you're getting into. We're clear about it. That's really cool. For the Siri thing, surely you don't need to keep everything. And whether they are keeping everything or not, who knows, could just be a subset. But I think that because of the angle Apple take with all of these things, because you buy a HomePod that is worth 500 bucks, like that's not cheap. You should know what's happening with your data. You should be informed and you should choose not to, not 
to, to be able to opt out of these things. It's it's maddening. I don't know. I'm a little bit fired up. Right I mean, now. I know nothing about this. Uh, is it? Is it? I don't even know if that would make it better or not. But is it related to the analytics switch that you do have for for sharing analytics data with Apple? Unsure, but um, there's something in. I saw. I read one of the articles. So I read the the Guardian article, and then I read a few articles by third parties. It might have been Nine to Five Mac. I'm just trying to pull it up now, where they highlight the. Yeah, so they, they highlight the Siri dictation and privacy terms. And uh, they say that the data will be the data collected will be treated in accordance with Apple's privacy policy, which you can view at apple.com forward slash privacy. This includes your voice input, user data, and other data that may be sent to Apple by apps that integrate with Siri to provide and improve Siri, dictation, dictation functionality, and other Apple products and services. I don't know. I kind of feel like it should be opt-out. And I understand if voice data needs to go to the server. But as soon as the request is fulfilled, there should be the option to get the thing off the server. Delete it. No one should be able to listen to it. No human, no machine, nothing. If your phone wants to process that locally, that's a little bit different. I'm probably more okay. You know, if it's using machine learning and the data isn't going anywhere and it's, it's only using it to make things better on your local device, I'm a bit more okay with that. Um, but this whole like, but the problem with that is that the they're not going to get any like you wouldn't get any benefits from a richer set of machine learning data if you would do everything on on the device, right? Why not? You could train a model and it could run. So on you the train device. a model, and but you could sync train it. a model based on opt-in data that improves things for yeah, everyone. Yeah, no, no, that's true. If they do provide both, like they do a bit on the client, but for people who do opt-in. Look, Apple have enough customers that I'm sure people would opt in. It's not a concern. It's not, you know, they don't yeah. have 10 people think- using Siri and they need every ounce of data they can get. Yeah. But also weird things, right? As developers, it's kind of hard. Like, if you look at your opt-in rates for how many people share data, that is super, super anonymized anyway. Yeah, but at Apple's for scale, you to get feedback at Apple's on- scale, it's still at- no, 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 that's not my point. My point is- you you get way less data and you have to get people to opt in and then you have a whole bunch of people that do not and you don't get any data from those and apple just picks whatever that that is again a double standard where where you as a developer of third party apps on the device you do not get that data and apple just picks mm-hmm. randomly way more detail out of out of people's usage like actual recordings of what they talk about and does with it whatever they want feels feels weird Feels weird to me, at least. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. That's a good point. Like, you don't get the same... I mean, it's, it's, maybe that's not, nothing people should get, but in general, it's weird that if Apple gets some benefits from it, third-party developers don't get those benefits. But at the same time, I feel like people... If it's an opt-in thing, I think people should decide, do I want to opt-in for Apple and do I want to opt-in for third-party apps? And I think that's what it does at the moment. So I think it makes sense to sort of request both, but it's weird if Apple collects it and are relatively secret about it like i haven't read article and that's something like that that they can use to their advantage but at the same time is there i think i think they should request it but i think just saying that third-party developers should get the same type of access is also not realistic because i think you don't as a consumer you could potentially assume that apple collect some data but you wouldn't potentially you wouldn't necessarily assume that they share it with third-party developers yeah but the other thing with the third-party developer thing is all that data is anonymized we you know you see nothing about an individual user you see everything in aggregate you can't even drill down on an individual user that's been anonymized it's just you get here's an aggregate collection numbers but the other thing about this this article how anonymized is this it's um, so it's not very so 
Uh, and this is a quote from the Guardian article. The whistleblower said there have been countless instances of recordings featuring private discussions between doctors and patients, business deals, seemingly criminal dealings, sexual encounters, and so on. These recordings are accompanied by user data showing location, contact details, and app data. And obviously, I'm getting a little bit extreme here, but imagine if you knew somebody and you know they said, hey, whatever, call person A and you knew someone named person A and you knew the voice of the person who, you know, you're listening to this and you knew the voice of the person who was requesting it and you saw their location was a particular suburb. It's like, you could probably be pretty sure, combine that with location, the contact details, you could be kind of sure that, you know, you might know someone who's doing that. I don't know. I just, it's it's not anonymous and it feels weird and, and voice isn't anonymous to begin with. Um, I'm sure there are, mm. you know, thousands if so not millions of people who sound similar enough to me in the world, but like... Again, it's not, it's still not anonymous. So they actually do get um, like the audio from it. It's yeah. not just transcripts. Yeah, no, it's not just transcripts. Yeah. So yeah. I feel really so uneasy I was about this, this, and I think I think yeah. that this is wrong, and that there needs to be an opt out. Yeah, I, I, just, I haven't really read the article. Yeah, yeah, I do fine. agree. It makes sense that you should at least be made aware mm. of what is going on, especially since Apple has been focusing so much on their privacy. Like their security on devices and like nothing leaves your devices and that angle of it. And also I think because I, I think because, um, I knew, I know that Apple does some things, um, when it comes to like prediction, um, uh, for your keyboard. So if I'm writing a message to you, Zach, um, I'm able to get predictions of what I'm going to say next. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is something that they are doing on the servers, but they separate it a lot. So it's no way to actually detect oh, what you were I writing. I thought that was, I thought your individualized suggestions were on device, but then they aggregate data using differential privacy, which can then be oh, pushed yeah, to the yeah, server. No, but sense. like, yeah, for some reason, I thought that they would use the same approach for yeah, Siri. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was just my assumption. assumption. I don't know. Considering that it's, it's interesting, considering that they do the same that everyone else is doing. Uh, I'm surprised that Siri doesn't seem to get well, any that's better. That's the thing. So that's the thing. So it's not even like it's a good trade-off, right? <laughs> not that we get a benefit. It's, yeah, of we it. don't get the benefit. Exactly. Siri is still. I mean, actually, to be fair, Siri's detection of what I'm saying is pretty good. It just can't actually do anything with what it with those yeah. words. But yeah, it's like it's not even like Siri is the best. And in that case, you might be willing to make that trade-off. Like last week, I said that Google Home, despite the privacy concerns, was a uh, perfectly fair trade-off for my grandparents, I thought, because of the benefit they get from it. The thing is actually useful. I yeah. couldn't say the same for Siri. Yeah, their knowledge graph is just yeah. so yeah. far yeah. ahead of whatever. And you can also see things, I don't know if you remember from last last year's Google I.O., they were showing um, this basically voice assistant that could make phone calls for you and book appointments and those mm-hmm. type of things. Yep. And that was really impressive. And I felt like that was something they were able to do because they had so much aggregated data and they were able to use machine learning to determine how a person should speak. And I thought that was very impressive. But yeah, you, I'm not saying that if Apple, if a company gives you benefits from it, it's okay. But I'm saying it's, I do think it's surprising that it hasn't gotten further. Yeah, but I mean, duplex is, is different again because it's very much based on a specific domain. That is a very different problem to solve. Which right? domain? Du- duplex uh, is more around, like, for example, what Google's using it for is getting opening times from um, stores. So, would call a store trying to figure out what their opening times mm-hmm. are to then show them to users. So, the domain for duplex, it, like, Duplex there has a very specific goal of figuring out opening times. It's not yeah, like an yeah. open-ended, people might ask whatever 
kind of AI problem that that the assistants try to solve, right? Mm, wasn't it on some of the demos? It actually was a bit more flexible than that. But it, it wouldn't then all of a sudden go towards weather and talk about no, like no, that's politics. True. It's that's very true. much like. Uh, appointment a different and i mean that that's not the same probably not the same tech they're using for google assistant yeah yeah so it's it's still different but i'm just surprised <laughs> i i thought apple is very very cautious with privacy stuff and that's the reason why they're not getting better as quickly as others are getting better but well so we got the, the worst of both worlds mm. at least at least it responds quicker i also don't think i would want to exchange that if i'm able to get better services i wouldn't give up all my data i don't think i would really think yeah. this is acceptable just because they give me a good service that's especially if i wouldn't be aware of it if i haven't been opting in for it and i get a better service that wouldn't be a justification for me i would want to know about it before i think if i use an android device i would be a bit more aware of what's going on on my device i wouldn't expect certain i would expect certain things to be collected that i wouldn't expect apple to collect so it's just the yeah. expectation change. I want to hold a lot of the the opinions until uh, we know more or I know more about yeah. that. No, but in I, general, I don't mean specifically for this, but I just mean I think I look at companies very differently. And I think if I would look at a company like Apple, I would expect something. I would expect them to do something, do, like do specific things. Whereas I don't expect the same. I don't have the same standards from yeah, yeah. other companies. I mean, especially a company that says, hey, we're not l- looking at your private images. Because uh, there are other ways of doing it. Yeah. But then they're 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 kind of doing something that is exactly that, but for something even more personal. Yeah. Uh, and clearly not making that very public that they do keep recordings of your voice. I mean, it's yeah. probably in some kind of terms in in some fine print somewhere. But yeah, I don't know. Gotta look into it. No, interesting. But look, this whole this whole thing is frustrating and. It just it it shows. I mean, Apple aren't above anyone, and yeah, like out of all the major tech companies, sure, maybe they are the most privacy focused. Maybe they do have the highest number of people who care. Maybe they are putting the most amount of care into their products. I still don't think it's enough. And look, I don't think they have to do any of this. I don't think that they have to be the privacy company. But while they're positioning themselves as the privacy company, as the premium company, as the company that we're going to charge $1,800 for an iPhone, then I think <laughs> they can put a little bit more care into these kind of things. And look, re- there's so much more they could be doing. Is it $1,800 now? 1800 if you don't want the base model storage, yes, in Australia anyway, um, which is maybe what I'm looking at this year. I don't know. I'm getting scared. Um, but yeah, I-, I think there's so much more they could be doing. And Look, again, they don't have to do any of it, but then don't be the privacy company. Don't make that your marketing and or, or just do better. Everyone should do it. Like, t- we know, tech should be doing so much better in general. And now it's like the company that the company that we want to be able to trust we can't even it's yeah it's more about uh, did they did they deliberately try not to I mean, it's also different, right? If you're saying, "Hey, Siri, by the way, uh collects or stores one percent of all all requests and they're manually analyzed to improve the service but you can opt out if you want to that is again a different story because it's like hey, this, this is what we think is the mm-hmm. only way of improving the service and we couldn't think of any other ways <laughs> if there's anyone who has a great idea uh, join us co- collect all the data um, you want the- make it opt in though make inform people like, yeah, yeah, that's, you can that's pressure thing, people though, into opting in. You know, you can make it front and center with prompts, but I just 
things like this. It's not <laughs> so it's not something that I would have expected. If you'd asked yeah. me what companies and their and their voice assistants are uh, allowing employees to listen back to recordings, Apple would not have been in the top of that list for me. Mm. I don't know. I'm disappointed. I, I really am. It's, mm. Sorry, I needed to kind of vent about that. And actually, read that article this morning, so it's perfect time for the podcast. Even though I think I said I didn't want to discuss news <laughs> this week, but yeah. Mm. And 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 like voice assistants, like things that are always listening. There's such a huge level of trust that's needed there. And mm. if we can't trust Apple, we can't trust any company. Well, I'm hesitant to say that. But oh, like, wait until the story breaks that Apple uh, uh, records all your FaceTime uh, video calls. That's that, and the first result is the eye correction. Yeah, well, the Kai, how do you think they got the eye correction? They mean were the looking f- in on your calls yeah, for the last can, five years. Oh, conspiracy yeah. right here. <laughs> it's a very specific. They they optimize for every eye they've ever seen. It's That's a amazing. different code path. Uh, but it's even yeah. it's even like the iMessage thing, where iMessage is sure they're end to end encrypted, but your iMessage is unencrypted if you back them up to iCloud. It's like little things like that. They could be doing so much better. Um, and and things. What if you use iCloud Sync for iMessages? I believe that's all encrypted as well because you need to sign in with your iCloud account to do all the downloads and stuff. So why couldn't they encrypt it if you back oh, it up? To I'm iCloud? sure they could. They just don't. <laughs> it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be that difficult. Uh, I mean, relative to other engineering feats that Apple have Apple pull off on a daily basis, but you know, it's just not something that I guess is priority or. Because, you know, around the time of the... And, and it could have changed by now, but around the time of the San Bernardino iPhone case where they tried to get in, I remember um, there was all that brouhaha around, well, if the if the phone was backed up to iCloud, then we could access the iMessages and give them to law enforcement. And it's just... And, and, mm. and actually, um, maybe another reason that this is, is so frustrating um, is because this week it, it came out. So all of, the, all of the laws in Australia around data retention and metadata access and all of those things that we have spoken about before came out, you know, that like 3,300 organizations have requested access to the metadata stuff. Um, And it's just, again, like, can we build systems where these kind of laws aren't a problem, where it doesn't matter what the law is, we can't access the data? Can we build things right to begin with so that none of this is a concern? And I mean... Simple things like HTTPS on the web is a huge step towards um, not circumventing, but towards preventing a lot of the personal data from being identified in the in the metadata requests by the Australian government. But you know we could be doing so much more, and tech as as an industry could be doing so much more. People should try. People should trust the tech products that are being built. And right now, I don't know if they can. Mm. Hmm. Sorry, I'm mad, but we should we should move on to happier things. I, I had a funny story actually. Oh, uh, let's go. Speaking of Apple looking at your data, um, <laughs> I had to call Apple support the other day. You uh. called Apple <laughs> support? I know. Whoa. They were really nice. Whoa, yeah. they were nice. Whoa, uh, they're so nice. That's good. Ah, uh, she was she, she was really nice. Um, so last Marlon had week, the, had a blast. I was in a different room and I just heard Marlon laughing out loud. She had such like- a cool accent. <laughs> she was amazing. Um, yeah, but that's not really the point here. So I think I mentioned in last week's recording that um, I had some issues with my iCloud storage, not upgrading or mm-hmm. 
rather not being charged for upgrading. So <laughs> I was on a 200 gig plan and I had some problems or for some reason it didn't actually, the automatic would, automatic renewal didn't go through. So the payment didn't actually go through. So it was basically, I got, got an email one and a half months ago saying that the payment was declined and then I had to go in and update the payment method. So I went in. But I couldn't because it was family sharing. So Kai went in and changed the card to, and basically just re-added the same card because we've been perfectly fine paying with this card in the app store for other things. But there was no way for me to like retry the purchase. So I just thought I'd wait for the next month. So I did. And then uh, when that time came around, they just sent me another, a second notification in settings. And I had two different sections on settings where I had, to, where it asked me to renew my card or update the card that I have on file. And it was like literally no way for me to do it. So I was like, oh, I'm sort of curious to see what will happen if I'm not doing this. Um, so I was waiting and it turns out if I'm not doing that, they just downgrade me to five gigabytes. Um, so. That I got doesn't a little sound bit right. of panic. <laughs> mm. No, and it was also very unclear. It's like, what happened to the other 150 gigs? Like, what, mm. what happened to all the data I had there? Because it was pretty much full. Most of it was pictures. So I was just thinking, okay, maybe I lost that copy of the pictures. It should be fine. But I still wanted to recover it. So uh, I ended up calling them. And but it's also so the the card is an app. I used Apple Pay because you can now pay with Apple Pay through yeah. the App Store, right? Um, and that is the charge that didn't work. So I wanted to add a card as a regular card, not as Apple Pay. And I don't know when if you have changed the payment method uh, recently in that interface. Oh, it's not. Pain. It's not. It's not the most uh, amazing. Well, first of all, like, there's no way for me to do it, and I'm the one keeping on getting notifications telling me to do this. Which is weird. Yeah. So w then I tried to add that card, and it would. Uh, it told me you already have that card added because I had it as an Apple Pay card. So then I wanted to remove it, and then it told me you cannot remove a card because you need at least one card, <laughs> uh, one active payment card. It's like, oh man. So then I tried to add one of my old Australian cards, and it told me that it needs to be a card from the country I'm in. So I found uh, a different card from Canada, added that one, removed the Apple Pay card, added my card again, removed the other one again, uh, then Marlon called. Mm. <laughs> Thanks for yep. filling in on the story. Um, and I called, and she, I, I told her what I did, and she's like, oh, perfect, that's exactly what I was going to ask you to do, which is weird that we didn't like that it wasn't even possible to keep on using apple pay she just sort of wanted me to keep on using the other fallback the actual card um and then she just logged into my apple id she's like oh so it looks like you have 200 gigs now I'm like she didn't really say what she did like i don't think she i assume she upgraded me again and then i end up getting all my storage and um like i didn't get any charge that day she's like oh so the next charge will be in august I was like, okay, okay, cool. And the funny thing that I want to say is that as she was doing that, I was asking, so what happened to all the data I had? Is that still available? Is that still there? Like all the things I backed up. She's like, yeah, yeah, your photos are here. I'm looking at them right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I know what you mean. What? Good. And then she, no, and then she was like, Oh, oh, when I say I look at them, I'm, I don't mean I'm looking at your photos. I mean, I can see that they are taking up some of your storage. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, I, I, I know, like, I feel like I trust Apple in not looking at my photos. Mm. But yeah, she was super nice. She just said it. She was just having a, 
accidental misspeak, I guess. Is that, I guess you can say Good. that. And then, she, <laughs> and then she clarified it. And yeah, she was super nice, super helpful. And now I'm back on 200 gigs of storage, but I don't know why Apple Pay in the App Store doesn't work. Oh, it does work At in least the App not, Store, but it, it doesn't it does work, work for, for per, renewals. Like individual purchases, yeah. but not for renewals. At yeah. least in our particular setup. Yeah, it's weird. So that was meant to be a quick catch-up and just say that Apple is not looking at your photos. I got that confirmed. Um, and she was super nice. Hmm. Okay, mm. That's somewhat reassuring and nice to hear after our earlier discussion. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See? See? I got direct evidence that they don't look at them. So photos. not all hope is lost? No. This was a really, really nice person too. Okay. So. Cool. Mm. I still hope. Hmm. Um... I was wondering if we wanted to do some follow-up on some of our public transport topics. Sure, yes. Sorry, oh, we actually have we corrections. Yeah, we should do Yes, corrections. I am sorry for jumping in with that topic earlier, but wanted to while it was fresh. <laughs> <laughs> let's do let's do some follow-up. We live for the hot takes. So. <laughs> Are they hot takes when it's just Zach saying things that come to his mind? Probably not. I already regret that I issued an opinion at all. <laughs> I, I need to. I need to read more before I have opinions. I, don't, I never regret. I, I don't have opinions about the articles. I have opinion about the topic. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. fair. But it, it might even have worked better. It's like I just. I just said stuff, and you chimed in. It's good. <laughs> it's, uh, um, yeah, I actually have one correction for something that I. It was a blatant lie uh, that I planned oh, to correct last you're week. You're telling our listeners lies. Y- yes, I did. <gasps> well, um, at least you're and honest. I plan to correct it. La- <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, see what you did there. Um, but I planned to correct that last week and then totally forgot about it. And then we were called out for it. Or I was called out for it. I shouldn't drag uh, you guys well, into this. Well, yes. But, well, but you, you lied about way. different things. Okay, what are you guys lying about? Get to the <laughs> point. deliberate so lying. Zach- it's being misinformed. <laughs> uh, so Zach, I that's better. Zach rather is an uh, uninformed uh, person than... You're just a... Liar. I'm a liar. Oh yeah, I was yeah. called out for being an uninformed tourist, but we'll get there after Kai's thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um so I was uh talking about that in Vancouver you should be able to use your uh credit card as an express transit card and you are not. Uh that uh Translink does not support that. Um uh, you can use Apple Pay, so you you um if you activate Apple Pay on your watch or phone or whatever Apple Pay device you have, you can use it to check in and check out of public transport, but you cannot use Express uh transit features. So you can just hold your watch or phone um to the reader. You need to activate it with uh the double tap of the corresponding button on the device. So that correction came from Ooh Yeah, difficult to say. A person on Twitter who was kind enough to tweet at all of us and um, inform us of some things. So, this same person. But I still want to. I still try to figure out how to pronounce it. Elev Tech Lift? Elev Tech Lift? Elev. L E V Tech Lift? L E V Tech Lift. Maybe. So, this name is all lowercase and no spaces. So, it's very difficult to know where the breaks in pronunciation should be. L. But somebody who is a fan mm. of uh, mass rapid transit, according to their Twitter bio. Rightfully oh, so. Yes, for so sure. I, I, I'll pronounce it Elev Tech Lift. Yep. Uh, thanks for the correction. I appreciate it. So uh, I was also informed by Elev Tech Lift that uh, the blogger Kanjo responded to uh, the podcast. And um, there are a few interesting things about this. 
the first is I had a minor fanboy moment because I have read Kanjo's blog uh, in the past. Oh, awesome. That's so cool. So, his blog is called At A Distance and uh, it's at a distance.net and it, I presume it's at a distance or at a distance. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> We're really oh, going to pronounce so sorry. Go ahead. I'm you so sorry, Kanjo, yeah. that I do like it. We your, can handle uh, it. Anyway, talks a lot about- I would say um, at a distance. I would say at a distance too. Um, talks a lot about Apple Pay, uh, transit solutions, like paying for transit uh, with a focus, heavy focus on Japan and uh, Sukiya cards and things like that. So I have read uh, quite a bit about, and that was- one of the ways I knew about Secure on Apple Watch and, and iPhone um, and getting around Japan. And, and they've done some interesting deep dives into um, Secure and using um, like sort of how the, the, what do they call it? The transit method thing of Apple Pay works. Express um, Transit? Express, sorry, Express Transit card, how that works. And so that was where a lot of my admitted uh, i obviously didn't remember it well enough but a lot of my knowledge about that stuff came from or at least my <laughs> original um my original understanding came from. um and you know they uh have you know they're updating things with like uh, when i things change in the ios 13 beta they'll post about that and things like that so anyway the most recent as of our recording uh, post on the site is that apple pay sukia needs an inbound pr campaign in english and kanjo used my experiences that I spoke about on the, the, over the show from the last couple of weeks, and actually, interesting enough, they referenced last week's show uh, where I uh, used Sukiya as a pick of the week, um, and also the week before the show where I spoke about just experiences getting around um, in in Tokyo mm-hmm. on public transport. So there were a few mm-hmm. corrections that they made, and I mean the the premise of the article was that hey, this was a Zach was a tourist who came to Japan and who was uninformed about a lot of the things that our uh, public transport network can do and a lot of the way our payment system works. So, um, they kind of summarized nicely what I said, but um, apparently I didn't pick up, well, I didn't pick up on the fact that Japanese transit cards are compatible with each other because at one point I'd said that you seem to either need Pasmo or Sukiya for... Uh, different things and often even on things like vending machines or in stores they would have either a Sukiya marking or a Pasmos marking and it was uh, it was not both and apparently they're compatible with each other so I, I guess it's implied from the article that uh, that is possible I didn't realize that so I guess I next time I can try paying for things with my Sukiya card when it says Pasmo hopefully that works that is a bit confusing though I don't know how you would know that it, it is very confusing yeah exactly because there's no mm. like standard generic tap thing mm. The other thing was that um, they said that it's not very obvious, apparently, to tourists, and, and this was my experience too, that you can use the Sukiya Eng app um, to to add your Sukiya card to Apple Pay. Um, and then the article goes on to say that, you know, things things should be, uh, be made more obvious for tourists and not just because the 2020 Olympics is coming up in Tokyo, but just because it should be. And it's obviously very difficult to know. And if they're saying it should be an English language uh, campaign for tourists, you know, on trains, on buses, on whatever, uh, to let people know that this is possible. And yeah, so it was actually really cool to get this. Would it be pronounced Suka Ing rather than Maybe. Ing? Because isn't the ing for ing, no ing? Oh, is it English, English? Right? I don't know. I was oh, so. I didn't think of it. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, cool. So I would say ing, ing, English, ing. <laughs> Oof, ing. Okay, no, that's, ing. that's a good point. I didn't realize. Oh, um, 
For the record, it's not available on Android. Had a friend with an Android phone who couldn't get this. Just want to point that out there. Why do you have friends with Android phones? Sometimes you end up with, you end up friends with people before they decide to make the poor phone choice. Uh, she was originally an iPhone user. <laughs> At the risk of getting more more correction, I will go on a limb and say, on a limb? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Absolutely. And say it's for, for English. Yeah, because I, they I think do right. have yes. one without the yes. ing part, yes. and that one seems to be uh, not no, English. Great point. Uh, ever heard of localization? Apparently not. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> It's because they want to have different campaigns, Zach. Oh, but well. also, the, 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 the app icons are actually slightly different. So the English one has a lighter grain. Mm-hmm. And the Japanese one is a darker green. It's how you can differentiate on your phone. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a lot yeah, of A-B testing very went into those shades of green. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, that was cool. Um, yeah. No, but again, they really appreciate the feedback. Yeah, no, thanks to Kendra. And also thanks to the person who tweeted at us. Um, because that's, that's awesome yeah. as well. Because I wouldn't have found it otherwise. But that's really cool. So, yeah. who was the person... Oh, Do you remember hey. the name? <laughs> <laughs> Ellie Techlift. <laughs> Ella of Techlift. What? Oh, Ella okay. Techlift. That, okay. Yeah. Um, Ella Techlift. <laughs> but apparently, uh, public transport related topics, um, we have to be, first of all, way more informed mm. about because we got almost everything we said yep. wrong. Second of all, that seems to be the topic that people really uh, care about, which is awesome because I also like public transport. Mm. Who doesn't? Well, <laughs> yeah, public transport is cool. But, you know. Anyways. Um, thanks for thanks for clarifying that, guys, and thanks for pronouncing everyone's names wrong. <laughs> we good. really try. I'm gonna get feedback on that. I, I've heard that's how you make it in podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, wait. Real time follow. I think I said it was the most recent post on the site. It seems to be the second most recent post on the site as of <laughs> the 27th. Well, do, do you keep you updating us throughout the rest of the recording? If if uh, if they post another post, you're like, now it's number three. <laughs> I'll have to check before the end, but. Uh, we're also gonna this episode is gonna stay around for a while you know <laughs> yeah. by that point it might Maybe be the third fourth the date fifth, of it? <laughs> nah, this right. is where make. we can u- make use of that amazing uh, dynamic ad insert insertion technology <laughs> for actually updating the Okay. Just put this looks like an interesting. Okay? Uh, the, so the most recent article looks like something interesting. I can read after the podcast. It's titled "Financial Times Dissin Japan Again: The Painful Path of Curing Japan of Its Cash Addiction." It sounds like an article that's right up my alley. <laughs> oh yeah, it does. Hate cash. So it actually, really actually, fun fact: uh, I am wallet <laughs> shopping right now because, well, who knew Why wallets? Why do you need a wallet? It's, this is what I'm getting at. My wallet was destroyed in Japan <laughs> because of all the coins I needed to carry. So my wallet, <laughs> my wallet is a Bellroy wallet. That's it's one of those cash and card ones because I got it many years ago. Um, but it's meant to it, only it, it carry a, a coin few pocket, coins. It? Like it's not. It's meant to be yeah. one of those like slim er kind of wallets, and you know, if it's a few coins, but not a lot. Yeah. When I was in Japan, I had too many damn coins, and it's, it's out of shape because now. I've I, I got a Bellroy um, wallet when I moved to Australia. Mm. This podcast was brought to you by. <laughs> Uh, and and that was also around the time I stopped using cash ever. Um, and I thought this this wallet lasted. I mean, I still have it today, and it still looks fine. And I thought they just make amazing quality wallet. Well, they well they do because I can stand by that. Like I've had this one for four or five years. Maybe all my last ones would have also lasted as long if I wouldn't have had <laughs> coins in them. Those stupid coins with you. Imagine mm. how much money you would save from throwing your coins away. <laughs> well, I don't blame Bellroy because I'm actually looking at buying another Bellroy wallet. But I think I'm going to get one of those <laughs> card-only wallets. 
um, and just refuse yeah, to go to a country good. that uses cash for a while. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, not going to dub dub next year, are you? Oh, actually, this year I did not get a cent of American currency out. I paid for everything with cash. I mean, Smooth. admittedly, you, one would say you didn't get a cent. <laughs> admittedly. We only really went between like two coffee shops and the conference center all week. So <laughs> it wasn't a huge concern. I didn't have that much to buy, but I could use card when I needed it. So it was good. And actually, we did yeah. have that one hellish experience of trying to pay for things when not all of us oh, had man. cash. And I will partly take blame for that, but it was worth it to not have to get cash out. I also didn't have cash. Well, but it only cost us about two hours. So that was yeah, all right. right. Gosh, imagine how much work we all would have gotten then. anyways so that's my fun countries get your get your currencies together we don't allow people to split the bill yeah oh yeah allow people uh, to split the bill yeah that's a good one yeah i feel like company restaurants should be more inclined to get wait a second oh actually no so this was so i was gonna say why didn't one of us pay and then everyone transfer but i just realized we weren't all from the same country and it's very difficult to send money between yeah Ah. that's another thing then it's like why don't you guys just use venmo and it's like if you guys would fix your system we wouldn't have to also we can literally not sign up for venmo i know apple pay (sighs) cash i'm sorry it's not that that annoying but it's a bit frustrating is it is it just because of the fee structure for credit cards? Do they have like a minimum charge of fifty cents per per transaction plus a percentage? If anyone with a difficult name knows the answer to this question, <laughs> let us know. Uh, <sighs> and we we'll, and we promise we'll butcher the uh, pronunciation. <laughs> that is a guarantee. Uh, I'm also looking at wallets now, Zach. I would also like a wallet. <laughs> Wait, you don't have a wallet? <laughs> it's not that I don't have. Yeah, I, I do have a wallet. It's just uh, not a good okay, wallet. No, it's really enough. big. Fair it's like I feel like many wallets that are designed for women are really, really big. Yeah, it's, it's so it's so mean. Yeah, first they give like, women <laughs> no no pockets in their pants, and then they give them even if they would have pockets, they wouldn't never fit those huge wallets in there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's designing this, but it's it seems malicious. Yeah, I do feel like there's something going on mm-hmm. there. But I might just buy a non like a like a unisex wallet. I don't know that that's that's a thing, but I might go ahead and look at. I mean, Bell you can also too. just have any wallet. I don't think you don't have to worry about what what gender they assign to their mm-hmm. wallets. I know. As I know. A, that's that's what pick, I realized. Just now. pick that's a wallet you want. Yeah. Whoa, those are expensive now. <laughs> yeah. So actually, this is. I mean, I mean, I know this wasn't the intention. It wasn't the intention to to talk about wallets and and payment for so long on this episode. But what are your thoughts on uh, no longer carrying physical debit or credit cards day to day? Let's go. See, let's oh, talk about in Sydney because you you're I'm familiar so with angry. Sydney. Well, what are you angry about? Oh, is this coffee shop I started going to? Are they cash only, Marlon? And they. No, they're not cash Good. only, which is even almost, almost worse. <laughs> they don't accept tap. Oh, God. Yeah. Why? And I asked, hey, first I asked one time, like, hey, are you guys going to get this machine fixed? Like, what's <laughs> going on there? Why is there no tap? And she's like, oh, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, she wasn't the manager and she didn't really seem too bothered about it. And I was like, hmm, okay. She's like, this is just what we have for now. And then I went the second time. The first time I actually had to run up and get my wallet because I'm not bringing my wallet with me anymore. Um, the second time I went with my wallet and I asked the guy, hey, how comes you're not having tap? Like, what's up with that? 
And he's like, yeah, it's a good question. I think my manager's idea is that during rush hours, we slow people down in their day. I'm like, what? Really? Have you ever watched anyone pay yeah. for anything with cash? I know. No, no, they no, want no, to slow they want people to down. Slow people down. What? what? Yeah. Because they're so stressed in their life, so they should should it's they could talk that, to people to slow I didn't people really down. get the argument. They, they either want me to f- like take a moment in my stressful morning to slow down, or they are not able to make the coffee quick enough, so they want people to take longer paying for the I, coffee. I don't think that's it. None of but those also, are good. I mean, if if I have a stressful morning, you know what really relaxes me? Spending more time paying. That that really that that really hits the spot. It's a, yeah, it's a really weird argument, and it's a really nice coffee shop, and I'm I'm still gonna go there, and I just feel like that's a really weird reason behind it because it's also very easy in Canada to get a machine that allows for you to use tap. It's like the default machine. I know in the US it's very different. There are not many com- many many stores that allow tap. So uh, how relaxing here, was so uh, how how relaxing was not remembering your pin for four tries? <laughs> okay, so. Let's assume. Oh no! See, I don't want to assume that because it kind of plays into the, the whole question. But what what do you think <laughs> about the feasibility of not carrying a physical card? I mean, I guess this just means you can't. Which I know your answer. Um, I, w- I, I mean, I could just go to a different coffee shop. Mm, that's the only one that doesn't take time. Okay. Like all the other ones in the okay. do. That's good because there are a few. But yeah, um, there are a few cards that I absolutely need to carry and. One of those being a public transport card. Uh, another one being student yeah. ID, because if you're on a student public transport rate, you need to have your student, which is beyond stupid if you have a license and they can look up who you are. Um, but anyway, a driver's Wait, do license. they know from your license that you're a student? No, but the thing... So, what they do is if you have a concession transport card, it's... So, you can have an anonymous transport card as, a, as an adult, but as a student, you can't. It's tied to your name. So... All they want to see is that I am Zach Simone. And oh, so okay. the way that they... So not that you're studying somewhere. Well, they know... So the fact that I have the, the concession Opal okay, card that proves that I'm studying because the transport office are really on top of cancelling those cards as soon as you lose your student status. Like within six weeks, the card is gone. You get an email and it's like, hey, you have... I think, I think they give four weeks notice. So it usually works out to about six weeks after you finish studying or after you're not enrolled anymore. Um, so they're really on top of it. So the fact that I that somebody has a concession card means that, and it can only be one per person, means that they are um, a student. And I think I imagine that what they want to prevent is me giving that to say a friend who isn't a student and them using mm-hmm. that to get around for mm-hmm. the day. And they could easily solve that problem of checking that I am who I say I am by cross-referencing my name because the card is tied to my name. My license has my name and a photo. Why do you need the student ID anyway? I'm against it. I once actually got a I got a formal warning in the mail because a transport officer pulled me up <laughs> and I didn't have my student card. So now I have to carry my student card because it's a pretty hefty fine otherwise. That aside, so I need a few cards. I need my gym membership because that's a card. I need my license, but we are getting digital driver's licenses in like, sometime later this year in our in my state. So once that's a thing, I no longer need to carry my license. Um, so I'm down to like three or four cards that I need day to day. And I'm like, how can I make this even lighter? And one of those ways would be to get rid of, I currently carry a debit card everywhere. It's like, I don't really need this. Um, I couldn't get cash out. But actually, I could get cash out. I could go to a supermarket and do that. So why would you want to get cash out? Get cash in an out? emergency. I don't know. It's always nice to have that option of being able to <laughs> get cash <laughs> out. <laughs> <an emergency>? uh, <laughs> sometimes FPOS networks go down. It happens like once a year for a couple of hours. 
<laughs> Telstra. Never trust well, Telstra. Well, then you had to just don't buy something for an hour. That I too. I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Do you think it's feasible? Would you, would, is it something you would consider? I often don't bring a wallet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, like um, I, I mean, I don't drive anywhere, so yeah, I don't need driver's yeah. license usually. I don't. I would love if I could get an electric electronic electric id an electronic id um that i just add to my wallet like that would be awesome and the same with cards and i think that's why japan is so cool and that you can just use your phone or your watch um and i would love for that to be opened up a bit more so that more countries do that um that'd be really cool do what um allow you to pay with uh to add your transport card trans transportation i mean there there, there are a few other ones around the world that do that yeah despite being able to pay with uh debit or credit card on the transport systems in australia it's not completely feasible yet because you can't do it for buses but also you don't get the rewards like the travel rewards if you hit a certain number of trips per week and things like that um like you do on the on the actual card so it's worth still carrying that physical card at least here Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, that's the same here. So that's why I would really want that. So yeah, there are certain things that I feel like you still need it for, but we're getting there. But yeah, like if you can get those like health cards, driver's licenses, and those type of cards in, that would be really cool. But I think like if I just go for a walk and I know I might stop by the store to buy something, like some snack, I'm not bringing my wallet anymore because it's very unlikely that they would have problems accepting other payments. And if so, I could just wait. So yeah. I would say, I, I would say go for it. Zach. Okay. This is good to know. Like I'm not the only person who would consider this. So that's good. Um, yeah. I don't know. Something I've been thinking about, you know, trying to, trying to streamline everything. It's good. Um, I've got to think about also, something. Nice for like sports event. We're going to like a, a yeah. game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So oh, that is tomorrow, but I mean, depends on when you listen to this. For no one that listens to this, it will be tomorrow. <laughs> Except me say when all I'm editing. the days that are available. <laughs> uh, yep, that's true. Um, but it's nice to have just have the ticket in your wallet, like in your like Apple wallet. Uh, so I bring my watch, and that's it. Mm. Don't don't need to bring anything else. Cool. Yeah. Don't you need good. ID at some times? No. No. I mean, if you would want to drink alcoholic beverages, but, which I'm not really interested in, you would. No. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Cool. That's good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, yeah. We're almost That's at a point where we can get deep. away with just a phone, which is cool. And it's a shame they're not making smaller phones because, again, I want to carry as little as I can when I go out. And an iPhone SE sized thing that had everything on it would be the dream. I'm just going to live over here in Fairyland, imagining a world in which that exists. Maybe 2020. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm so, I'm so hopeful. It's all right. Okay. All right. Things of the week. Um, <laughs> Zach, do you want to start? Sure. I feel like I've started a few weeks. I had a feeling you would pick this. That's okay. Well, because you're so good at it, we give you the opportunity to look. Do it again. You, you, your name starts with a Z, and you probably throughout your life always had to wait till the very end to be involved in whatever. You are not wrong. So we thought. So mm-hmm. we thought to to alleviate some of that that pain that built up over all those years, uh, we let you pick first. Thanks, Kai. Appreciate it. No wonder I feel so calm these days. And my last name. (laughs) (laughs) My last name starts with S-U, though. I feel like. You got it worse, Marlon. Mm. Anyways, you start, Zach. Now I feel bad starting. Right, you can go first. (laughs) Okay. How's this? Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So my pick this week is a little app called Flighty, which launched this week after... Probably multiple years in development. I feel like I remember when the idea for this started 
with a tweet on Twitter, um, a tweet on Twitter, of course, that I saw someone's like, hey, I want to build a flight tracking app for frequent travelers who wants to work on this with me. And I remember this tweet very clearly. And I don't know why it stuck out to me. Maybe because it's an app that I thought I, it would interest me a lot. So anyway, I've, I've sort of mm-hmm. I've followed the account since it existed for this app called Flighty. And I uh, was very pleased to see this week that it launched. And I downloaded it, of course. So it's an app um, that I, the, I, it's targeted at frequent travelers. It's actually quite expensive. It's, I think, 88 or so Australian dollars a year. And that's on sale at the moment. Um, with the idea being that you put all your flight data into it. It's kind of a bit like App in the Air, if you've ever used App in the Air. Um, also targeted at frequent travelers and quite a premium app. But I I used to use App in the Air and I stopped putting data into it for a while. So then I stopped using it and it was also expensive and you, it was pretty much useless if you didn't pay. So um, yeah, I stopped. But anyway, I, I'm now using Flighty and I went back and added all of my trips from... 2016 onwards there are a couple of flights that i'm missing because despite crawling through email inboxes i cannot find the information and flight numbers for these flights Um, but i have most of my trips in there so uh, the idea is you add your itinerary for upcoming trips there and it gives you information about uh, the flights that you're you're going to take as well as information for the past flights it's got some really cool uh, data analysis things like um prediction like time uh, pro- delay predictions and things like that but it's also supposed to be really good when you are traveling for real-time alerts if there's a delay or a gate change or anything like that and it seems to be using some quite extensive apis it's actually amazing how much information there is for flights um out there um it's got like histories of of all your trips between certain places it's got histories of the flight number that you're catching um so you can see if, if it's frequently delayed how long it often takes um all those kind of things. And then, of course, one of the parts that I really like about it with from the history perspective is just all the, the flying stats. So you can see how far, far you've gone, where you've been, how often you've been to places. Uh, I can see that this year I've been to four countries, traveled 44,000 kilometers, which is 1.1 times around the world. And four of my eight flights have been long haul. So that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, you're in Australia. Yes. <laughs> not yeah, to. that is true. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, that's a... It's so 50% of flights being long haul. Um, that number will come mm-hmm. down because I have a trip or two to Melbourne plan for the rest of the year. So, that'll be some nice shorter 50 to 60 minute flights. Uh, kind of looking forward to those. Um, but yeah, this year I have spent 55 hours in the air. Um, let's see if I can end the end the year in under 60. That would be nice. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just pretty cool. Um, I like the business model. Like I said, it is expensive, but you can also do a monthly subscription, which I think is 13 Australian dollars. Again, while it's on sale, I'm not sure what it will be after the promotion. Um, so that can be handy if you know, you've know you got a few trips or, or even just a single trip coming up and you don't want to pay for the whole year, which is probably the, the um, solution I'll end up using is when I know I've got a trip coming up uh, in the next month. I'll buy, I'll spend the, you know, $13, $15, whatever it happens to be to be mm-hmm. able to use the app for the month and then not use it again for six months until I travel somewhere else. Um, but the nice part about it is even on the free version, you have limited access to a lot of the stats and stuff, but you can still put in all your information and you can still see a lot of the past information uh, and you can continue to update it. So then when you do pay again, you can see the, um, you can see the the data and all the analysis as you would. Um so it's pretty cool. You don't really lose anything by not like there's nothing that you lose long term if you stop paying for a little bit and then resume paying later on, which is quite nice. Um, 
and yeah, just as a as a flight nerd, I'm happy to see another app that is uh, sort of aggregating a lot of this data and, and doing some cool things around the data. And it sounds like from what I gathered on Twitter, the launch went quite well, which I presume means they'll continue to be working on this app for a while and there'll be some cool updates. So uh, I'm looking forward to digging into this app a little bit more the next time I travel, uh, or next time I travel on a plane, which will be about five weeks away. So maybe I can report back then if um, if I find anything interesting. Where are you going, Zach? Just to Melbourne for DevWorld. So yeah, I, I know I want you to promote DevWorld. Look, DevWorld was actually going to be my pick this week until I thought of Flighty. Um, I should promote DevWorld next week. Oh, as a pick, but oh, why? Do you want to promote DevWorld now? Why not? Okay, so DevWorld conference in Melbourne, iOS macOS developer conference. It's happening second to the fourth of September. I sound like I'm doing an ad read. I'm really not. I just like the conference. I am talking there. Woo! Marlon's spoken there in the past. Woo! People we know have spoken Woo. there in the past and are speaking there again this year. Woo! Woo. It's a really exciting conference. If Woo. you're an iOS or macOS dev in Australia, this is definitely the best conference for you. You don't even have to leave the country to go. I highly recommend coming along, <laughs> checking it out. It's in Melbourne. Melbourne's a cool city. It's really nice. It's kind of cool that time of year too because it's actually. Cool. Cool. Like it's cold, it's Melbourne, but it's still great. It's fun to walk around and fun people to hang out with and iOS devs and yeah, yeah, it's lots of fun. You should come along. I think I've exceeded my 30 seconds that I was, that Kai so graciously allowed me to promote DevWorld in. Um, so yeah, who's, who's doing their pick next? Cool. Um, I also like Flighty. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it, Kai. That's not, you, you can't, you can't pick that. Now. Um, no, 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 no. It's just, uh, I, I, one, one specific thing I like is Ench, the entry of flight information, I always think it's kind of annoying how a lot of apps ask you for either the the um, prefix for the flight number first and then the number or ask for it in one, one string and they kind of can't deal with if you do not follow those instructions. And uh, Flighty seems to just parse that a lot. Oh, yeah. Too. I mean, so you can, I was trying to be it? quick, but that's the other thing about it. It's just a damn good app. Like the the... UX is really impressive and the way you interact with it, like everything's done really nicely. It's really clean, really smooth. Um, and it's really, it's just friendly to put in information. It's not, you don't need to be super, uh, nerdy and know exactly your flight number. You know, you can put in an airline, you can put in whatever you can search there. And, and even the date, um, the way you can select dates is really cool. You just kind of type it out and it allows you to select it. Um, it's, it's sort of feels pretty natural. Um, especially, I didn't plan to to trigger you again. <laughs> How do you usually select it's, dates? Well, like instead of opening a date picker to say today's date and then having to scroll back twenty seven months to find you know a flight you took two and a bit years ago. <laughs> okay, that does um, make sense. You can yeah. just type twenty four seven fourteen, and then suddenly you've <laughs> got uh, something from the twenty fourth of July uh, two thousand seventeen. It's pretty cool. Mm. And it also reminds me, I should, I, I found some bugs that I should report. I forgot about that. Definitely. Anyway, moving on. My, my pick, my thing I like is image. Oh man, another thing I can't pr- really pronounce. Image Optim. Image um, Optim. Yep, it's a macOS app and a web servers, but I mostly use the Mac app. Um, and it's essentially an app that is super simple. It's a window. You throw in uh, an image and it, f- gets rid of a lot of the bloat in your image. So, um, for example, if there's a lot of metadata, it will strip that out. And you have the option to either say, make it as small as you can without compressing it. So then it just does everything that that doesn't degrade quality, gets rid of that, saves you like 10, 20, 30% of the size of the image, which, which is great. Or you can say, you know what, also use some image optimization. So actually compress the image uh, and then can do that as well. 
And that usually leads to compression closer to the 20 to 60% range, which is really great. Um, so we've used that for all the images on, on our on web pages that we have because that's where it matters a lot. So everything that is uh, kind of facing facing users, uh, larger images, I, I just uh, push through there to get them small. Similar for, for kind of apps that have any kind of user-generated data that is images, I try to run them through that to make them as small as they can. So you know, I'm not wasting anyone's bandwidth and to to be able to get to something that loads quicker or, and doesn't make you look at spinners or empty loading states for long. And yeah, it's free. Uh, they, I think the web servers you can actually pay uh, if you want to have, I don't know, uh, if you want something that automatically does that. So I don't know if you have like a image hosting service or something like that. Um, you can actually just send all the images to their web servers and pay, I don't know, between 12 and $200 a month um, to to do all of that uh, optimization and and uh, um, all those kind of things on the back end automatically. I'm not doing any of that, but the Mac app is great. Cool. Mm. Cool, cool, cool. All right, Marlene. Okay. Um, so my pick this week is a game called Stagehand. And you play this, okay? Uh, so Stagehand is a really cool game. Uh, the same developer, Matt Comey, um, who also made The Incident. I think uh, that's a really classic, fun game where you have to... Uh, I'm not going to describe the second game, but it, it's it's a really fun game. But Stagehand has a very different type of mechanic, but it's uh, a really, really cool game. And I love this mechanic. So instead of moving a character, you actually just move the stage that you're running on so you have to align um you have to align the level basically it's a so if you think about uh super mario going from left to right yeah yeah but you're so controlling the stage game. rather than the, the character exactly so you need to make sure that the character uh, gets through the level and potentially picks up some coins on the way um and jumps on the way and you do that through controlling the stage so rather than having a jump button you basically release your character higher up so that they fall down um and yeah, it's it's really cool. And it's actually really, really difficult. You can get okay at it quite quickly. And it can be just like a, a fun game to play. But you can also start at like giving yourself more challenges. So for example, if you want to get all the coins, you have to work with both of your hands to move the stage that you're on um, and also prepare the stage in front of you. Um, and another thing I really love about this game is the music. It's this really catchy tone um, in this game. And it's really, it's really fun to play cable sasser made music yeah. for this game yeah so cable sasser from panic uh made the music and yeah it's a really cool game i recommend it um it really feels like matt put a lot of work into it and you can really see that it's uh, it's a really thoroughly developed game and it's really much fun so you guys should play fortunately not optimized for iphone 10 still a fun game you don't really need the optimization considering that it's a landscape yeah, yeah, but you still get like bars on left and right. Yeah, yeah. But that's result of the App Store, where independent apps don't make as much money anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a fun game. I recommend it. Yeah, you I guys should like go and buy it if you play any games at all, especially if you like jump and run games. Um, I would recommend it. It's mm. cool. A very and cool Matt concept. is working on TV forecast at the moment. Uh, he used to have that. That used to be an app he had. I don't know a while ago. But now he uh, is working on basically a new TV forecast app, which kind of shows you all the TV shows and those kind of things that are upcoming and that syncs with Tracked. Oh, that's cool. 
and I have a hundred of those uh, on my phone already, but I'm never 100% happy with them. So I'm actually quite excited. So uh, TV forecast, I think it's coming out soon. The beta started relatively recently. So if you want to find, uh, if you really like StageHand and you want to give Matt more money for making cool things, uh, maybe TV forecast is another way of, of giving him some money and getting <laughs> an app that is, uh, at least from what I've seen so far, looks really nice. Cool. Now we had so many things that we spoke about in this segment. Mm. Um, but you guys should go and check them all out. It's a good uh, indication of how focused we are. Uh, is it? Mm-hmm. Moving on. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our sponsors this week. Bellroy, <laughs> Stagehand, and DevWorld. No, Dev we didn't World. have any sponsors. Yeah. We just give no. people free sponsorships. Something like that. <laughs> we lose money on this we every do. day. Brought to you by At A Distance. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Brought to you by Zach Marlin and Kai. <laughs>